I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today, I'm speaking with regulatory attorney Paul Hales of Hales Law Group about a recent Supreme Court decision in Facebook versus Do Good and the significance of the ruling to healthcare sector entities. Just to provide some context for our listeners, the ruling in the Facebook versus Noah Do Good case involved a legal dispute centering on the Telephone Consumer Protection Act. TCPA, among other things, restricts certain communications made with an automatic telephone dialing system. The TCPA defines auto dialers as equipment with the capacity to both store or produce telephone numbers to be called using a random or sequential number generator and to dial those numbers. The TCPA was passed by Congress in 1991 as a consumer protection law. So, Paul, please explain to us how the TCPA fits into the dispute between Facebook and Do Good. I understand that the dispute concerned Facebook sending text messages to Do Good's cell phone to alert him that someone had tried to go into his Facebook account from an unknown device or browser, but Do Good didn't even have a Facebook account. Is that correct? Well, that's right, Marianne. And the key thing is that the numbers that Facebook had stored Mr. Duguid's cell phone number, and it was a mistake, but it was a stored number. So when Facebook alerted Mr. Duguid that it had detected an attempt to access in a Facebook account that it had associated with him, it was doing so by sending him a message automatically from a number that it had stored. It didn't find his number using a random or sequential number generator. And that's key. That's the way the 1991 law defines an automatic telephone dialing system. In the do-good lawsuit with Facebook, how did this end up in the Supreme Court? Well, it got to the Supreme Court because there was a, a real controversy about what is the meaning of an automatic telephone dialing system. And the question that was before the court was whether that 1991 law that defines a, an auto dialer encompasses equipment that can store and dial telephone numbers even if the device doesn't use random or sequential number generators. And Justice Sotomayor, writing for a unanimous Supreme Court, said that it does not. And what she said was that systems that have the capacity either to store a telephone number using a random or sequential number generator, or that produce a telephone number using a random or sequential number generator, qualify as automatic telephone dialers under the TCPA. And she was very specific about it. And this turned on the exact wording of that 1991 law. And she said that Congress has chosen the definition of an auto dialer and requires the equipment to use a random or sequential number generator. That definition excludes equipment like Facebook's login notification system because the Facebook login notification system used a number it had stored and associated with Mr. Duguid. And so to putting that 
TCPA in context, it was passed in 1991 at a time when technology was much different than it is now. And it's really a consumer protection law. And there was a lot of testimony, you know, people in Congress spent a lot of time in hearings. But the problem then was that uh, advertisers were uh, and marketers were using these uh, randomly generated telephone numbers to call people up and, you know, interrupt their dinner and try and sell them something that they really didn't want. Well, that was 1991 and that was 1991 technology. And we're talking about dial-up telephones, but it has important implications for healthcare providers. The Do Good case does. For healthcare providers that send unencrypted text messages like appointment reminders to patients, because we really have two laws involved in texting patients. One is the TCPA, and the other is HIPAA that was passed in 1996. And the issue with respect to HIPAA is that HIPAA, one of the things that HIPAA governs is electronic transmissions of protected health information. So what does that mean for healthcare providers? What does the do-good decision mean for healthcare providers? First, it gives some relief because under the TCPA, people who received text messages that in violation of the TCPA have a private right to sue. And so that's generated a lot of lawsuits, big lawsuits, class action lawsuits, because the TCPA assesses damages for each violation and a single text message is a violation at $500 per violation. And that can be up to $1,500 per violation if the court finds that the violation is willful and knowing. So when the court decided that an ATDS, an automatic dialer, had to be able to generate numbers randomly. The text messages, and we're talking about healthcare, that are sent out as appointment reminders are stored numbers of patients. So the healthcare providers are not liable under the TCPA for these significant damages that can come if they're sued for violating the TCPA. But they're still responsible for complying with HIPAA. So what does that mean if you're a healthcare provider and you're sending unencrypted text messages to patients with information like you have an appointment? Well, it means that if you're using a system that doesn't generate random telephone numbers to make that call, you're not subject to the TCPA, you're not liable for private lawsuits, but you are subject to HIPAA. HIPAA covers electronic transmissions. And of course, this part of HIPAA that I'm talking about is the protection of the privacy and security of protected health information and electronic protected health information is information that's either transmitted or maintained electronically. And so HIPAA has a standard called transmission security uh, where providers have to implement security measures to guard against unauthorized access of uh, electronic protected health information that's being transmitted over an electronic communications network. There is something called an addressable implementation specification that says that you should encrypt electronic protected health information 
whenever deemed appropriate. That's important, when appropriate, because this is an addressable specification. That doesn't mean that it's optional, but it means that you do it if it's reasonable and appropriate to do it. And in 2013, OCR specifically addressed email. And under the privacy rule, it talked about unencrypted email. This was when the omnibus rule was passed. And it said that healthcare providers may communicate by unencrypted email with patients if they follow a three-step safeguard. And it starts with what OCR calls the duty to warn. And it emphasizes duty to warn by putting duty to warn in quotation marks. And the three-step safeguard is, first, that you have this duty to warn, but it's very light duty. All it means is that you have to inform the patient that there is some level of risk that information in an unencrypted email uh, could be read by someone else. And the second step is that you follow the patient's preference. So if the patient prefers to receive unencrypted emails, then they have the right to do so. And the third step, of course, is to document it because this is HIPAA. And that was the privacy rule. In 2014, OCR, addressing the security rule, said for the very first time that in general, it's always reasonable and appropriate to encrypt emails containing protected health information with the exception that the patient has been warned and prefers unencrypted email, then they have the right to receive unencrypted emails. Now, we've been talking about email. That guidance specifies email. But remember, email is an electronic transmission, and so is a text message. And so the guidance regarding email is equally applicable to text messages. And that was made clear by Roger Severino when he was director of OCR at the HCCA conference in 2018. And I actually have a recording of his, of his presentation. But he was asked if the unencrypted email safeguards applied to unencrypted text messages. And he said, I don't see a difference between unencrypted email and unencrypted text message. They're the same. That three-step safeguard applies. There was an order issued by the Federal Communications Commission in 2015 that sort of muddied the waters for some people because it said that an informational text message, and it had eight categories of information, things like appointment reminders, for example, do not require prior express consent. Prior express consent is the holy grail for TCPA. You, you, if you have prior express consent to communicate with someone using telephone technology, including text messaging, you're safe. You, you can't commit a violation. But there were conditions associated with that 2015 order. And one of the conditions was that all text messaging has to comply with the HIPAA privacy rule. So that's the thing that's always been overlooked or has frequently been overlooked since 2015 uh, by, for example, vendors who are selling unencrypted text message appointment reminder products. So following the HIPAA privacy rules means the duty to warn three-step safeguard. So even though the TCPA, do good has, has defined an automatic dialing system in a way that 
most, almost every healthcare organization that sends out appointment text message appointment reminders is not covered. They don't have automatic telephone dialing systems, but they still have to comply with HIPAA. So that means they need to warn patients of the risks. They need to obtain the patient's preference and consent and document the patient's preference. And the way that text messages are generated is they start out as emails to a cell phone number and a a carrier. And then there's also confusion about what is protected health information. What does it really mean? And it starts with the definition of identifiable health information. So the HIPAA rules have 18 different identifiers. One of them is an email address. Another one is a telephone number to which you would send a text message. Any one of those associated with the provision of healthcare, payment for healthcare, is protected health information. So a simple text message appointment reminder, let's say from my dentist that says only, Paul, you have an appointment at 8 a.m. on Tuesday, contains protected health information because it's sent to my cell phone number, which is an identifier, and it's sent by a, a healthcare provider, and it associates me with the healthcare provider. Medical identity theft is the fastest growing form of identity theft. The OIG of the Department of Health and Human Services has, has some terrific materials out, videos and so forth, that explain that the only thing required for medical identity theft is the identity of a patient and the identity of a provider. And those are contained in text messages and emails and we have criminals using packet sniffers to intercept these and protected health information, medical identity, even partial medical identity is the gold standard for a medical identity thief because it's used to uh, commit health insurance fraud and obtain prescription medications. So the concern that I have is that with this do-good decision, healthcare providers and vendors serving them may feel that it's an open field to send text messages, appointment reminders, recall reminders, marketing without getting prior express consent required by the TCPA without realizing or understanding that HIPAA requires this three-step safeguard starting with that duty to warn. And we'll see what happens. But as far as healthcare providers go, it's really important to include the information, that duty to warn. We recommend that it be included in new patient registration forms or in patient update information forms, or it can be standalone so that they are covered. And they are covered. If you follow that three-step safeguard, you are not liable if the information goes astray during transmission, and you're not liable for protecting it once it's been received by the patient. It's a complete safe harbor. I've been speaking to attorney Paul Hales. I'm Marianne Kobusak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.